to press on. Amen. Where do we find that strength? We find it in Jesus. Amen. Through it all, we've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, we've learned to trust in his word. I'll tell you, Brother Tim, the Lord was pleased with that song. He found the channel this morning. He just swept through the back office there. It was just wonderful. I, I, I so love when, when he comes. That's what matters is when he comes. Can, let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, how, how we love you, how grateful we are this morning, Lord, for your presence in our midst, how grateful we are, Lord, for a word that sustains us, Lord, that through it all, no matter the ups and the downs, Lord, your word never changes and it never fails, and Lord, this morning, that's what we're relying on, Lord, we're not relying upon, Lord, our ideas or our thoughts, but we're looking to your word, we're asking this morning, Lord, that you'll just help us to draw from it that which, Lord, you've laid upon our hearts. And Lord, may you speak this morning. Lord, may it be you. And may our hearts be open to receive it. May we be strengthened. May we be lifted up, Lord God, into heavenly places. Lord, where we've always belonged. Lord, I just ask that you'll come and take control now. Lord, bless the remainder of this time. Lord, help me to move aside now, Father, as you take over. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. I... Last night, about midnight, uh, for some reason, I just uh, I felt to go ahead and put together a, a PowerPoint because I had so many quotes and things that I wanted to go over, and I know some people like to see that. So I was looking at the screen cross-eyed, throwing this PowerPoint together. So if there's like spelling errors or anything like that, y'all just going to have to bear with me this morning. I, hopefully, hopefully it's all in there properly. Amen. If you have your Bibles and you'll, you'll turn with me this morning to Colossians 1 and verse 12. I'm going to speak to you this morning uh, for a while on, on the source of the bride. The source of the bride. And it says here, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, amen, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God. In other words, he manifested God so that we could see him, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven. And that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Amen. I pray that the Lord will add his blessings to the word as you have your seats. I'm going to read from a, another couple of portions of scripture. As you're seated, we're going to look at Romans 11. In, in, in verse 36, and it says, For him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. And then also I want to look over a familiar scripture in the book of Job, where it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. 
Where was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof? If thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. All the sons of God. That tells me that we were there. Because it was all of us. It wasn't a few of them. It wasn't just all the sons of God shouted for joy. And there were so many places that that I could have read from this morning. Many different scriptures that encapsulated uh, the thought that I want to touch on today. But right off the bat, I wanted to establish that God is everything. He is everything. Everything is of God and, in, and, 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 and it's all created for him and through him and by him. And for us this morning, that's more than just a song. God is my everything. And yes, we love to sing it. But listen, this morning, if, if you're an overcomer and you're living an overcoming life in this Laodicea, you can testify God is my everything. God is my all in all. He is my life source. He is, he is what, I, what I live for. And, and, and everything is of him and through him. And in him are all things. And we're going to spend some time focusing on that a little bit this morning. On him being the source of all things. But I also wanted to read a, a portion of scripture that would point to a place before what we would call time. Point to a place before time and what these earth bodies know as time and show that before time began, we were. Before time began, we were there already. So sometimes we get so caught up in the here and now and what I'm going through today and what I'm going through tomorrow. And I want you to know and and keep this in mind throughout the service today that you were and you will be. The fact that you are here, look, I'm glad to be alive this morning. I'm glad to be here. But in reality, this is not our focus. What will be is our focus because what goes on now determines what will be. For, for many people, yes, I, I understand it is a choice. And I understand that we have to choose. But I want you to know this. Where you came from determines where you're going. Where you came from determines where, where you're going. And I want to point to you right now where you were. So if that's where you came from, where are you going this morning? It ain't algebra. You can look at the devil this morning and say, I know where I'm going. You can take your fear. You can take your doubt. You can take your worry and you can throw it away this morning. I know where I was and I know where I'm going. Amen. I really enjoyed Brother Joe's sermon Wednesday night as as he focused on, uh, on who we are. And the job that we have to finish while we're, while we're here on this earth. And, you know, many people don't see the importance of, of preaching about or talking about who we are. And I've even heard, heard, you know, different ministers say that we've heard too much about who we are. And we should focus more on who he is. Now, the truth of the matter is, if we balance those things properly, that'll be doing the exact same thing. Because if we balance who we are with who he is, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, we're going to be preaching about the exact same thing. But although I agree that we can never proclaim who he is enough, if we don't recognize who we are and operate from that position, if we don't recognize who we are, then we, we will never properly operate from the place and the position that we're supposed to operate from. Knowing who you are lets you know what belongs to you. 
knowing who you are. Listen, if you go to a reading of the will and you have amnesia and they're sitting there trying to give you something and you don't know that's you, you're never going to claim what belongs to you. This is your million dollars. Well, you know what? That's not that impressive anymore with inflation. This is your five million dollars. And you're sitting there going, they're trying to give some money to somebody. Aaron, this is your five million. Man, I hope that guy's here. He's going to miss it. Knowing who you are is vitally important to getting what belongs to you from operating where you're supposed to operate. Listen, if you're the manager of the whole operation, it helps to know you're the manager because it gives you some authority. You go and and you say go and they go. You tell them to do and they do because you know who you are. You know the authority that you possess. So it is important to constantly remember and be reminded and recognize who You are. Brother Joe read this quote towards the end of his sermon, and I want to read it now. I just want to read it here at the beginning and then work my way back to it later on. It says, and as he being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelation of any, uh, any others has spoke of the bride. In other words, just how the Old Testament spoke of the groom. When he came forth, it had to be the fulfillment of everything they spoke. And what he's saying here is when the bride comes forth, it has to be the fulfillment of everything that's ever been spoken about the bride. It has to be. If it do, he says it can only manifest. In other words, it can only do what was spoken of it. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. Because she is flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. So today we're speaking on the source of the bride. What what is a source? And we're looking at it today kind of from from two meanings or or, uh, two ways of looking at it. A source is where something can be attained. It is your source. You go there to get things. But it is also where something comes from. Where did that come from? So it's where you can get things. And it's also where something comes from. And since the beginning of time, man usually looks in the wrong places for their source. Man has searched for for happiness. Man has searched for peace. Man has searched for life. But man, as I said, has a tendency to look in all the wrong places for the things that they need. There's been men that men have searched for things like the fountain of youth. It's even in your history books. Men literally spending an equivalent of millions and millions of dollars and taking years of their life searching for things like the fountain of youth so that they could live forever and live youthfully. As I was studying this, actually just. The old history side of me came up and I ended up Googling Fountain of Youth. And boy, that went down some rabbit holes and different explorers and different ones and and different things. But I just pulled this little bit out. It says the Fountain of Youth is a mythical spring, which allegedly restores the youth of anyone who drinks or bathes in its waters. Tales of such a fountain have been recounted around the world for thousands of years. 
appearing in the writings of Herodotus in the 5th century and in the stories of Prester John in the early Crusades. Stories of similar waters also featured prominently among the people of the Caribbean during the Age of Exploration. They spoke of the restorative powers of the water in the mythical land of Bimini. Based on these many legends, based on legends... Think about it for a minute. Based on legends, explorers and adventurers looked for the elusive fountain of youth or some other remedy to aging. Generally associated with magic waters. These waters might have been a river, a spring, or any other water source said to reverse the aging process and to cure sickness when swallowed or bathed in. Why is it that man will search for things that are mythical based off of tales and based off of stories and based off of this? When I'd like to announce this morning that I found the real thing, there is a real thing. There is a real living water. There is a life source and this water has healing power. This water will reverse the aging process. This water has restorative power. This water and it's not a fake water. You don't got to go searching across oceans and through jungles and, and, and buy this water. No, sir. As a matter of fact, somebody came all the way from glory and paid for this water and said, here is the fountain of life. Here is the fountain of youth. Here is what you have need of. It's the real thing this morning. This water isn't hard to find and this water will never run out. It's an eternal source of living water. This water will heal every disease. This water is a reality this morning. It isn't magic. It's supernatural. John 4, 14, Jesus says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. You talk about supernatural water. Shall never, listen, having a source of water is fine. This is good water. It's a good source. But if this is all I got... It don't matter how good the water is. If all you got's a little jug, you're going to get thirsty again. Oh, but this water, it's a never ending supply. It's a never ending source. And he says, who shall never thirst, but the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is the fountain of youth. This is supernatural water. And it is the source that we must draw from this morning. Jesus is the ultimate thirst quencher. If you're thirsty this morning, if you're struggling this morning, if you feel dry this morning, I know the ultimate thirst quencher. And he's here this morning to quench every thirst that you could ever have. He is the source of what you need. He is what the world needs. I know they won't accept it and they won't drink from it, but he is what they have need of. And one of the jobs of the bride of Jesus Christ is to offer the world Jesus. To offer them to drink from this fountain of youth, this fountain of life. To drink from the source that if they ever drink from, they'll never thirst again. And, and not to offer Jesus on condition. Not, not to offer him according to our ideas and, and our thinking. But to say to a thirsty world, there is a source of life. There is something you can come and drink from. There is a source of strength. There, there, there is a source of salvation. Your life should be proclaiming that. Listen, it's what your neighbor needs. 
It's what the man at work needs. It's what the people at Walmart needs. And your life should proclaim there is a source of life. There is somewhere that you can come and drink and there is peace. You don't have to be turning this morning to drugs and alcohol. Look, you don't have to be turning this morning to pills that you got from the doctor. You don't have to be turning to all these worlds. You don't have to live your life as a nervous wreck. There is a source of peace this morning. It is Jesus Christ. It is a relationship with him. And I say drink from that fountain of life this morning. Come and drink freely. Offer it to the world. Come and drink freely. This attitude of us four and no more automatically makes it to where you don't identify as the bride. Because it says here in Revelation twenty two seventeen, and the spirit and the bride say, well, if you're going to come here, you have to do this first and do that. And your doctrine has to. And let him that heareth say, only if you come now, you got to do it like in. No. And let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. But Brother Aaron, they've had opportunity after opportunity and they walked away and they came and they walked away. Tell them again. Come, come drink freely. Come drink freely. Well, they're going to have to prove themselves. They don't got to prove nothing to you. Just get them to the well source of living water and say, drink, 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 and drink freely. Drink freely. All who are thirsty, come to the water of life. Hey, listen, if you've been going round and round and up and down, you need to come get another drink this morning. I don't care how long you've been saved, signed, sealed, ready for delivery. There's more for you too this morning. Drink freely. That means without restriction. It means in copious amounts. Drink and drink and drink and drink. And and then, you know, the guy behind you don't have to wait his turn. There's room at the cross. It ain't like at the water fountain in PE when everybody's thirsty and there's a line of 20 and the kids. Come on, man. Come on. I'm thirsty too. There's room for all of us this morning. Just come drink all you want. Get your fill of the source of supernatural life this morning. Take another drink this morning. Come back to the source of it all this morning and drink freely. Come back and get more. Take another drink. Get filled and then get refilled. I say we could all use a refilling this morning. I know we could. Brother Brown tells us that the dynamics of the bride will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. We need it this morning. Come get filled once again. And not just a little bit, but drink and drink. But as I said, man always searches in the wrong places. Man is always putting their faith in the wrong places or the wrong things. It's not that they don't have a faith. It's that they place it in the wrong things. They place it in the wrong, in the wrong places and they're searching and they're thirsty. Brother Brown says men are trying to find that through the resource. So they're going to a source of literature or culture, education, science. What makes them look for that? It's because that is existing somewhere. That's the reason they hunger for it. As David said, when the deep calleth to the deep, 
Before there can be a deep calling, there has to be a deep to respond. And man has always been so quick to look from, to other sources when God stands there going, here you go. Here you go. Here I am. Where can I find this peace? Where can I find happiness? Right, right here. I'm trying to give it to you. Where? Where? And they look in every other source except for the one that's right there being offered to them freely. Offered freely, so quick to look here and look there to the point that the world has totally rejected God as a source. They no longer look to God as a source of anything. They don't look to him for peace, for salvation, for guidance. They don't look to him. They've quit drawing to him from him. The word used to, uh, despite denomination or organization, the word used to be a source that was in the lives of everyday men and women. Just look at our Constitution or our Declaration of Independence or the laws or the forefathers. I bet if you set them down and had discussions on doctrine, they didn't all agree. But they knew that they needed to draw their source of strength from God. They knew they needed to draw their wisdom from God. And you see it all through our laws and our founding. But look at it now. They've quit looking to God as a source of anything. They're still looking... And they're still thirsting, but they've left God and they begin drawing totally from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They look to science for everything. They look to higher education. They look to the news. Listen, if you're looking for truth, don't look to the news. All right, it's like I've, I've said before. If you don't read or watch the news, you're uninformed. If you do read and watch the news, you're misinformed. I would rather be uninformed, I believe. Listen, I'm not against looking at the news and keeping it. Brother Branham himself, you would hear him reference current events all the time. I read in the paper the other day. I heard on the radio that, it, listen, it's okay. I'm just telling you, if that becomes your main source and that's all you're drawing from, your head's going to be so full of nonsense and twisted and confused and worried and full of fear because that's all it is, fear-mongering. Fear mongering. You open it up looking. I hope you ain't looking for good news because it ain't there. But I'll tell you, there is a source of good news. There is a source that if you'll pull from this every day and you'll draw from this every day, there won't be no confusion and there won't be no fear. This is the source you need to turn to. But the world turns to science and education and the news. They draw from entertainment and they draw and they draw and they intake and they intake from these sources and look around you. What has it produced? What shape is the world in by drawing their strength and their life from these sources? From science and education and, 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 and from entertainment and those things. The world has become a cesspool of filth, of violence. Listen, I don't know about you, but the older I get and I have kids and you start to worry to let them go places. You know, and those news stories start coming back in, in, into your head all the time. Of this happened to this and this happened because the world's full of violence. The world has become evil because that's the source that they're drawing from. What would happen if the world would begin drawing their, their life and their strength from the river of life? And they begin once again, we know it won't happen, but if they begin to fellowship once again with God and draw from the word of God. We know it can't turn that way, but I'm telling you, it wouldn't take long to turn this thing back. 
And we know it'll never be turned back until the millennium. That's not going to happen. But that's the problem is the source that they're drawing their strength from. But they can't do it. They can't fellowship with God. They can't draw from that source because of the source that they are of. They can't draw from that source because of the source that they are of. He says, but this fellow, where did that pure lying, where did that sin come from? Where did this fellow Cain, that murderer, and the Bible said that the devil is a murderer. Where did that lie come from? The devil is the father of a lie. He's a liar and the father of a lie. It had to come from some resource outside of God. A world full of liars. A world full of violence, a world full of murderers. Where did it come from? What is the source of that? Why are the people full of that? Because of the source that they draw from and the source that they come from. He says, where did that resource of all that vile and filth and things that Cain had coming from God? Couldn't be. And look at John eight forty four. You, ye are of your father. The devil and the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. So he has those that are his. He has those that he is their source. For he is a liar and the father of it. Now, listen, I don't want you to take this wrong because I mentioned the tree of knowledge of good and evil earlier and think, well, that means we have to uh, completely stay away from everything on the tree. And that's that's not the case. All right, let's 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 get that. I believe in doctors. I believe in getting an education. If that's how you choose to do it. Fantastic. All right. I believe in those things. I believe in using things off the tree of knowledge. And so do you unless you walked here this morning. We all use it. There are times that we all draw things from it. I took an ibuprofen this morning. That's where it came from. I mean, I didn't go handpick it. I'm just saying that's the source of it. That's the source of it. So we all do, but we can never get to the place that our life and our spirit feeds more from that. From that source than from God. We can't get to the place that our spirit feeds more on the entertainment and begins to acquire a taste for that water. Because you can acquire a taste for it to where you get to the place that your spirit begins to want the things you've been feeding on. That you've been drawing from. And we begin to get satisfaction from polluted waters instead of perfect life-giving water. The water of life that he offers. We can't begin to get comfortable to where our source of of our thinking is all of their ideas. Because, you know, it's like the smoke from the bottomless pit. You can't you let there be a little fire somewhere in your house. And and, and it permeates everything. Go camping one time and then leave a jacket in a truck or in your bag or whatever and pull it out next year. Smells like smoke. It permeates, what am I saying? The, you can't help but get the stench of this world and their ideas on you. 
You can't help sometimes let you begin to think a certain way or look at a situation. And if you'll stop and step back and go, well, why am I even thinking along those lines? Why is it? Because the smoke has permeated. Let this mind be in you. Let your mind be turned back to Jesus this morning. Let your mind be turned away from their ideas. Listen, I already said I'm not against getting an education. I'm not against you going to college. Get your education, but protect yourself. Protect your mind and be prepared for the fact that it is not a Christian place. It's not full of Christian ideas. You are going to be bombarded from every side. Go knowing and protect your mind and your thinking. Don't let their thinking become common to you. Don't let it become your source. Be guarded. Because they will point you to this. Listen, uh, they make gods out of everything. They make science their god. They make medicine their god. People make athletes their gods. There's all sorts of idols and ideas. There's all sorts of sources that's offered to you every single day. Drink this. Drink this. Here, take this. It's good for you. Drink this. It's the best. Drink this. It gives you wings. Yeah. It doesn't. There's all kind of sources. But we got to come back to the source. We got to come back to the source this morning. Because there's all kind of gods that they're going to offer you. But we got to be drinking from the rock. We got to be drinking from the life-giving water that comes from. We got to be nursing from El Shaddai this morning. The scripture tells us that there's many gods that people call gods. It says, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods, many. And lords, many. In other words, there's lots of sources you can draw from. There's lots of things that people lift up. There's lots of things that people say, this is good, this is good. He says, but to us, there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. There is but one God to the true believer. There is but one source to the true believer. There is but one place I'm going today for my strength. There is but one place I go today for my peace. There is but one source of life, and it is Jesus Christ. Brother Branham says he's the same El Shaddai tonight. He changes not. And his covenant people have the same privilege to draw from the same resource that Father Abraham had to draw Because God swore by the same covenant that he give us the promise. Hallelujah. El Shaddai, the bosom, the breasted God. If you need salvation for your weak soul, draw from this side. If you need healing from your body, draw from this side. For my covenant was with Christ my son. And in there he was wounded for your transgressions. He was by his stripes you were healed. I am the almighty. Just lean up here and go to drawing from them promises. There's your source of strength. There's your salvation. There's your healing. Just draw from the source of strength this morning. El Shaddai. It isn't in the days gone by. It's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he says we have the same promises that Abraham had. Just draw from it this morning. That is the source of the bride. Hallelujah. What a source we have this morning. Pardon me. It's an unfailing source. It's a never-ending source. It is a pure source. It's a pure source. It's a rock. It's something you can anchor to this morning. 
It has never failed. I anchor my everything in this source. You have to anchor your everything in this source. You want a good marriage? Anchor in this source. You want blessings to flow through your home? Anchor in this source. You need salvation? Anchor in this source. You need the Holy Ghost? Anchor in this source. You need peace in your mind? Anchor in this source this morning. You're all shook up in the time of trouble? Anchor this morning in this source. It's an unseen source to the world. He says, a little while the world sees me no more, but you shall see me. You can still draw from this source. You know it's there. Your faith declares that it's a reality. We don't have to search all over to find this source. We don't have to search in all the wrong places, but our faith anchors in this source. Think about that for a minute. As he says, he says, when this Greek woman, when she heard of Jesus, faith comes by hearing. Now she was a Greek, a heathen, so she heard and she come. You know what? Faith finds a source that others don't see. Faith finds a source that others can't see. They can't see the source because they're not of the source. That they can't see. Listen, there's a lot of people, good people, that stand for a lot of things. There's a lot of people that stand for a lot of things and they're persistent in their faith. The problem is their faith has anchored in the wrong place. Their faith has anchored in the wrong source. Their faith maybe is in governments. Listen, if your faith's still in government, I don't know if I can help you. But people anchor their faith in governments. That They anchor their faith in education. They anchor their faith in, in, in church. Listen, I love our church. But your faith better not be anchored in Evening Light Tabernacle. You better have a deeper source to anchor in than your church. And the social gathering or the, or the people around you. And I've said it before. You know, so many times we, we let things become general. Man, we've got a good church. Man, we had a good service. Man, we, oh, okay, that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad we had a good service. But what did it do for your life? So many times, man, youth camp was great this year. It, it sure was. Now you tell me how it anchored your soul. Man, we, we have a good, good church. Yes, we do. But tell me, how are you doing? Where are you anchored at? What is your source that you're drawing from right now? It's not, it's not in church and it's not in a religion. Our faith has to be anchored in Jesus Christ this morning. That's where our faith has to be anchored. Brother Branham says over and over and over again, many times you can look it up. He quotes it over again. Faith finds its source. Faith finds its source. Faith finds its source. And yet faith in the wrong things will produce the wrong results. Faith in the wrong place will produce the wrong results, but faith in the proper source. When your faith anchors in the very source that it came from. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, it's not just faith in God. Paul tells us it's the faith of the son of God. When your faith anchors in the source that it came from, then nothing can stand before you. Nothing can shake you. Nothing will make you fall away. Then get out of the way, devil. I'm coming for my healing. I'm coming for my children. I'm coming for my salvation. I'm coming for the Holy Ghost. I'm going to take my rapture because my faith has anchored in the very source that my faith comes from. It's anchored in Jesus Christ. 
not just faith in God, but the faith of God. And it may be ridiculous to other people because it's a source that they can't see. It may be ridiculous to them. It may be ridiculous to the doctors, but the source says I'm healed. It may be ridiculous to my old friends, but the source says I'm saved. The source says I've got the Holy Ghost. Let it anchor there this morning. The source says you're going to make it. The source says there's going to be a rapture of the church. The source declares it. And it may be ridiculous to others, but I'm anchored in the source this morning. Hallelujah. It's time we begin to take our questions to the source. It's time that we begin to take our fears to the source. And this is why what we preach must be pure. That's why we must preach it exactly how the Bible teaches it. And we can't mix it up with our own ideas. Because it won't produce the same if it's not the same. If you're not feeding on the same source, it's not going to produce the same works. It's not going to produce the same church of the book of Acts. So you have to preach it pure. It can't be contaminated with, 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 your, with your own thinking. You, you take life-giving water. This is good water. Now I know you probably don't want none of it because I done drank out of it. Good water. Life-giving. But if I take and put a couple drops of strychnine in that water, it's, it's still water. You don't want none? You go and start sprinkling your own ideas and your own doctrines and your own thinking and what you think this means and what you think that means and begin to present it doctrinally to people and you've poisoned the water. And when they dry up and die, you go, what's wrong with the people? What's going on with the people? It's got to be preached pure. It can't have additives. It can't be my recipe. There is one recipe. It's got to be preached just like it is in this Bible. It's got to be the same word, the same Jesus. Listen, what good has it done us to come out under a message? If we're just going to go and water it down once we get down the road a few years. If we're going to water that message down and begin to infiltrate it with, with, with the doctrines of psychology or the ideas of psychology. Water it down with easy believism. And you keep drinking and you keep drinking and you keep drinking, but it's not the original. And you're coming to church and you're feeling. Listen, that's why it's important for you to be in the tapes. For you to be in the Bible. For you to have your own walk. Listen, it, it, it shouldn't be possible for a minister to stand up here and preach false doctrine service after service after service and the people not know it. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if that happens, that's on you. But you got to be feeding from the source. You got to know when you take a drink, <clears throat> something ain't right with that. That ain't like the water I've been drinking. So you have to have your own relationship. You have to see it in the message for yourself. But people just keep drinking. But it's not pure. It's not the same as it was because we're not taking it back to the word. But I'm drinking water, brother Aaron. Yeah, but from where? From what? He says, now men through all ages has tried that. But that has been persistent and has been persistent. But what you got? 
To be persistent first is to have faith. And then you've got to know from what source you're drawing your faith from. What are you drinking from? Where's the water coming from? Jeremiah 2.13, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns. Brother Brown says it don't seem even sensibly to be right, but that's just exactly what the people has done. They've left the word, the true fountain of God's source and power to drink out of cisterns and make themselves cisterns. Same as they did then, they have done it now. May this never speak of us. May this quote and may this scripture never apply to our hearts and never apply to our lives and never apply, I'll I'll make it general, to evening light tabernacle this morning. May we never tamper with the life-giving flow. May we never think, well, it'll be better if we add this and we add that and the people can accept it a little better if we add this. I say, no, from this pulpit, may it be preached straight and may it be preached pure and may it be preached clean and full of power and life-giving water. You can have your own recipe in your kitchen. But here we're going to use the recipe of the word. This is life-giving. This is sustaining. This is strength. This is healing. This is power. This will take you in a rapture. This will change your body. I want it pure and clean and free this morning. I want it from the source. The bride says, come and drink of the water of life. We have to offer Jesus the same Holy Ghost. We have to offer Jesus the same healings with the same deliverance. We have to offer Hebrews 13, 8. We have to draw from him. The Bible tells us in St. John 15 that I am the vine and ye are the branches. So what we know is. The branch's source of energy is the vine. The vine energizes the branch with its energy, with its strength, with its life. And then the branch brings forth the fruits. The vine gives us the energy. And then the branch brings forth the fruits. So if we're the ones that are supposed to draw, we're the ones that are supposed to draw Strength from the life-giving source of the vine. And then show forth the life of the vine. By manifesting and producing the fruits thereof. How is the spirit and the power and the gifts and the life of the vine manifested? Through the branch. It's your responsibility to bear the fruit. How will the world ever know of the power of a living God? Through the branch. How will, the, how will the world ever know that he still heals and he still saves and he still fills with the Holy Ghost and he still sets people apart through the branch? There is a life source that flows up through your life and produces the fruits of the vine. The fruits represent the life that's in the vine. But the branch can never do it without the life from the vine. They can never do it without being energized by the source. You'll never be able to do it. And whatever life you're drawing from this morning, you say, Brother Aaron, I haven't been producing fruits of the Spirit. Uh, I've been doing this and I've been doing that and, and I've been wanting to feed on this. Whatever source you're drawing from is the fruits that you will produce. 
Understand that this morning. That's the fruit you're going to bear. That's why we should be manifesting the fruits of the Spirit in our church. We can't claim that we're drawn from the source and there's no, there's no fruits. You know, I often think about that when Jesus come down and there was no fruits on the fig tree. And he cursed it. And I know I believe Brother Tim spoke on it here before, but I've heard it spoke on. And it wasn't even the season for figs. It wasn't supposed to have figs. And yet he cursed it for not having figs. When he comes by your field, he's looking for fruit. When he comes by your life, he's looking for fruit. We are to be a fruit-bearing people, a fruit-bearing church, because we're drawing our strength from the life of the vine. If he is your source, then these signs shall follow them that believe. If he is your source, gifts will be there. If he is your source, then healings and deliverances will be there. Why? How can we say that? Because she is him. It's the quote we started with this morning. She is him. She is operating in his stead. She has the authority to do what he would do if he was standing there. Brother Joe mentioned that the other day. That's what an ambassador to another country does. The ambassador is in the other country and he has the authority to do what the president of this country would do if the president himself was standing there. What would Jesus do if the sick were here? What would Jesus do? He would lay hands on them and they would be healed. What would Jesus do if people were possessed by evil spirits? He would cast evil spirits out. That's what Jesus would do. That's what we do. What would Jesus do? He would say, come drink, come drink and I'll offer you living water. What do we do? We offer living water this morning. Come and drink. Do what Jesus would do if he were here. It's Christ in his church energizing her to do the same works that he did. Listen, you cannot claim to be the branch. We cannot claim to be the bride and the ministry of Christ is not manifested in us. Pardon me. You can't make that claim because she is him. If you're not producing what it produced at Pentecost and early on in that first church age, you can't claim to be a branch of the vine. Listen to what Brother Branham says here. He says they left Jesus at Nazareth or at Jerusalem at the feast of Pentecost. Now I want you to think about this as we look at this. If it isn't producing... What it did in the first age, it proves that you're drawing from somewhere other source. It proves that you're drawing from somewhere else. Or you're drawing from a polluted source. Or else, at the very least, you're not taking the full allotment of the life that has been given. You're sipping. You're taking little sips. Oh, that's enough. I'd hate to get full. I'd hate to drink too much. You can't drink too much. Now Listen. He says, if the first branch, which was in the vine, brought forth a Pentecostal branch, the second branch is like the first one because it's getting its life from the same resource. And if we are in Christ and he is the vine and we are the branches, this church, let's go ahead and make it this church. This church should be another Pentecostal church filled with the Holy Ghost 
and dominated. Dominated. Dominated by the Spirit of God. We left Him at Pentecost. We got to go back. We've got to go back, He says. If people aren't receiving the new birth, we got to go back. If the sick aren't being healed, we got to go back. If people aren't living overcoming lives, we got to go back. If the works that I do aren't being manifested in the church, we got to go back. If their signs and gifts aren't in operation, we got to go back. Because it's going to be exactly like the first one. It has to be. And if it's not being produced, then you're drawing from a contaminated source this morning. You're drawing from a place that's not pure. That it's been, it's been messed with. Quack prescriptions have got in and messed with. with, with, with uh, crack druggists have got in and messed with the prescription as it were. Because if we're drawing from the same source that they were drawing from in the book of Acts. It will produce the same things. Now listen I understand. I understand that it means it's going to be in the body. Gifts are going to be in the body. Miracles are going to be in the body. And I understand that maybe everyone's not going to walk around doing the miraculous all the time. And that it's the bride body as a whole is doing the works of Christ. But too many people use that as a crutch. Oh, yeah. Well, have you heard about what's going on in China? Have you heard about what's going on in Africa? And there's healings here and there's deliverances there. So we're good because it's in the body. Oh, and it's happening at this church and it's happening at that church. But, and we're good because it's just supposed to be in the body. Listen, that's fine. I know it's just going to be in the body. But I want it all that God can give me. I want him to manifest everything that he wants to manifest in me. I want to experience everything that the Lord will let me experience. So I say pour it out at evening like tabernacle. Pour it out in my home. Pour it out in my family. Pour it out in me, Lord Jesus. I don't want to put it off on other people to do the works. Somebody's got to do the works. Pick me. Pick me. I'll sign up for it. I'll manifest Jesus. I'll let that life come through this branch right here. I'm not going to put it off on others. I'm thankful for others. I appreciate others. I appreciate every other church standing for the truth. But I want to see it manifested right here and right there in my home and in my family and in my children. I want the manifestation of the life of Christ. Let us draw all we can from our source of life. He is the source of all that is good. And I want to drink of it freely. And I can promise you this. He will back up every word that he's ever said. He said, and if it is the word of God, God is absolutely honor bound. The God who is the fountain of all honor. Who is the beginning of all honor. Who is the source of all honor. Who is the source of all truth. Has got to stand by what he said. When was the word written? Before the foundation of the world. And yet we come along and put dates on things. Well, he said that in 1961. Do you really think God cares? God said it before we had a calendar. Well, he said that. What year was that, Brother Aaron? In the year that he was a prophet. Quit putting dates on things. 
Well, listen, it's the exact same spirit that wants to come along and say, well, that's old-fashioned. Well, you know, that's not in style anymore. Well, listen, God's word is eternal. To the Christian, this is always in style. This is always current. This is always life. This is always fresh. You can't read the scripture and it not be fresh and up to date because it's eternal. It is an eternal word and it is our source of life. Let's look for a minute at what the word says about who the source is of all of our strength. For healing and redemption. Psalms 103 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. He's the source of healing. And we could put scriptures up here and read the whole service. I just had to pick some. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Fountain of youth. For deliverance, Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. For salvation, Psalms 37, 39. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Psalm 68, 20. He that is our God is the God of salvation. For truth, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. The truth, the life. Brother Brown says he is the truth. There may be other truths, but Jesus is that real truth. That heavenly born truth. God's eternal truth sent to us. The only way and the only truth. Other things may be true, but Jesus is that truth of God. The truth of God's salvation. The truth of God's plan is Jesus Christ. The way, the truth. He is the source of all good things. Of healing, of deliverance, of truth. Of strength. Of overcoming power. He is the source of it. You want to know the truth this morning? Consult the word. You want to know how to live your life? Consult the word. You want to know about how we're supposed to dress and how we're supposed to wear our hair? Don't consult your friends. Consult the word. You want to know about the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Consult the word. You want to know how you're supposed to be baptized? Consult the word. Too many people are consulting their church. And they're not consulting the word, the source of it all. Let's draw from the word this morning. You know, some, some of us, and I, I, to some degree, we're probably all guilty. But some of us have spent way too many years, way too much time forming and molding our spiritual life and our viewpoints. How we view things by drawing from too many other sources. Instead of taking it straight back to the word. Taking it straight back to the message. Too many, I don't know how to say this because this isn't negative, but too many living room chats have determined how we view certain promises, certain scriptures, certain things. Too many times what daddy thought about it. Too many times what, what others, listen, we've drawn from man, we've drawn from religion, we've drawn from our own ideas. Let's draw from the source. Too many times we draw from, from what mama thought or what daddy thought. It's the exact same things the Pharisees did because they thought so highly of their mom and daddy. They thought so highly that, well, our parents, they came out underneath the prophet's message and left everything behind. And, and they were proud of mom and daddy. And they, instead of listening to Jesus, they said, well, our fathers, my daddy ate manna in the wilderness. He knew Brother Branham personally. 
my daddy, my mama. And Jesus says, they're all dead. Look that up. It means eternally separated from God. He didn't mean they passed away. They didn't make it. It, he says they're everyone dead. They didn't cross over. And, and I find it interesting, so pardon me just for a minute. I find it interesting that sometimes when we're trying to defend our position, we pick like the worst examples sometimes. You know, we pick some of, the, some of the worst examples to bolster our argument. Like, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. And Jesus is thinking, you mean... That bunch of stiff-necked, rebellious people that I wanted to wipe off the face of the earth and replace them and start with Moses? You're bringing them into this? These are the people you want to use as an example? The ones that I was like, I'm going to destroy them. And you're like, yeah, I'm doing what they did. Yeah, well, hey, we, we, we laugh, but how many times? Well, that's how I feel, and you know, so-and-so agrees with me on that as well. And this, you know, and there's many other brothers in this church who actually see it the same way I see it. And when people go down that line, it is always, always, I want you to hear me. This isn't, there's always a sign of a weak position that has no merit in itself. And so they try to prop themselves up by using other people. Well, they agree with me. And it's not a vindication that you're right. Lucifer had a third of the angels agreeing with him. Like, you know, I can hear the angels talking. Yeah, well, you know, Lucifer agrees with me. So, good call. And people try to prop themselves up. Your argument should be propped up by the source. If there's an argument to be had, here, here, here's what we prop it up with. You prop it up with the source. It's not a vindication that you're right. But still, listen, if we're... <laughs> I'm going to stay here for a second. If you're going to go down that road... Because, look, I, I've been guilty of it. I think we probably all have. We've all name-dropped before. You know, me and so-and-so were talking, and we, we, we've all name-dropped. But if you're going to, at least use it, people that make you look better. <laughs> at least use good examples. That's, that's all I'm saying. You, you, use good examples. People who have stood the test of time. People that have been there and been through the trials and, and that have learned to lean on Jesus. People that hadn't fallen away, that have a solid track record in the church. People that have a history of being there when the doors open and have a history of being supportive, supportive of the ministry. But people always point to others just as weak and unstable as they are. Don't tell me about the opinions of somebody who can't come subject to a pastor. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me about the opinions of people who can't make it to church half the time. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me about the opinions of fault finders who are always backbiting and pointing to everybody's faults. I don't want to hear it. I've got no use for any of that. When's the last time you had a conversation about church and not one time mentioned a negative or nitpicky thing? And you sat around and talked about how we got a, such a wonderful group of people that gather here. And how God moves in a wonderful way. And how many people work so hard to make it, to make it go. And, and we got musicians and sound men and video men and deacons. And you who show up every service. And that's a wonderful thing. And it's a wonderful place. And it's a wonderful church. I mean, when's the last time you had one of those conversations without that guy at some point in and going, 
Yeah, that's all true, but let me tell you about this situation that happened Wednesday night. You weren't even there Wednesday night. And we get there from drawing on negative sources. And your source is negative. And if you listen to that too long, then you start to become negative. And all of a sudden, the things you're intaking by having those conversations turn and you start repeating them. I know I've done it. You hang around negative enough, you become negative. You hang around somebody that don't like this person long enough. And before long, you're starting to feel like that person does towards that person. You used to like that person. I'm not pointing at you, Brother L. I've always liked you. But it's just how things work. Your intake directly affects your outtake. That's not a right word. What comes out of you? Too much negative. There's too much negative. Always pointing to the negative. Drinking the negativity of broken cisterns. Get away from broken cisterns and get back to the source this morning. Get back to the positive life-giving flow of the Holy Ghost, of the Word of God. We've been sent a message in this day, and let me tell you, it's positive, 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 positive. It says you're going to make it. It says you're going to overcome. It says you got knocked down, but get back up. Keep walking. Keep fighting. Brother, I love you. You may be down right now, but the message says get up and fight on. It's a positive message. It's a positive source. Keep pressing the battle. Leave the negativity of broken cisterns behind. That church is full of all kinds of people. Yeah, three. Three types of believers. The prophet told me that. I don't need you to tell me. I understand there's three types of believers here. I understand there's hypocrites here. It's not my job to point them out. It's my job to feed the sheep. It's not your job to point them out. It's your job to try to help them if you really think that's what they are. How do I help them? By telling everybody? No, by praying for them. By putting your arm around and saying, come on, brother. You can make it. You can rise above it. You can overcome. I believe you're a son of God. Yes, churches have problems. Newsflash. Yes, men make mistakes. (gasps) You serious? But those that are tapped into the eternal source. Those drawing their strength from El Shaddai, those energized by the vine, are so full of life that when problems arise, they march right on. When problems come, they keep going with their eyes set on the prize. They're not looking at this, looking at that. Listen, if you're looking here and looking there, you're going to wreck up. But keep your eyes on the prize and you won't know about half the stuff you know about. Just get full of the source of energy this morning from the life and walk and walk and take another step. Brother Mickey King, you saw it say, just keep walking. Just keep walking. I say this morning, just keep walking. Just keep pressing the battle. Oh, those that have been feeding on the vine, they're so full of energy and it just drives them forward. It drives them over hurts. It drives them through trials. Man fails them and they just keep going. Man disappoints them and they just keep going. They keep pressing because their energy didn't come from evening like tabernacle. It didn't come from Tim Pruitt. It didn't come from me. It comes from the life source. It comes from Jesus Christ himself, the source of the bride. They fight on anyway with a positive confession and a positive attitude, lifting others up along the way. 
Hallelujah. How do they keep pressing the battle when they've been hurt and beat down and scarred? They keep pressing the battle because they've been energized by the source of eternal life. And it doesn't matter how bad things get. It doesn't matter how corrupt things get in this world. It doesn't matter how dry the spiritual world around you gets. The denomination's been dry for years. And it seems like a lot of people even closer to us are getting dry. I don't care if even like tabernacle dries up. I don't care if I dry up. It is not an excuse for you to dry up. Because there is a spring. There is a river of life. There is a source that you can go to. It is welling up on the inside of you and you feed it and you draw from it. There is no excuse. Listen, if, if, if men's mistakes is what's making you fall away, then your source of strength was men to begin with. Well, this brother did this. This brother did. Listen, it did not give the children of Israel an excuse to not follow Moses just because he was a murderer. Wow, that sounded harsh. Moses messed up so much, God wouldn't even let him go in. And they had to stay with him. I'm not giving ministry an excuse to do things wrong. You know what I'm saying. Man gets away from the word, get away from him. That's the prophet of God. Every time. But quit nitpicking every little thing. Moses messed up constantly. And God said, I'm going to wipe them off and start over with you. Men, you can't find your source of strength in men is my point. You can't look to them as your reason to go on or your reason to quit. First of all, your reason to go on is the word, the life that comes from this word, and the reason to quit doesn't exist. There is no reason to quit. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep drawing strength this morning. Take another drink this morning. Take another drink from the bread of life. Another, an, an, another drink from the well of life. He is the tree of life. He is eternal life. Now we're going to take a turn a little bit for the rest of this. Because I've been focusing more on source as in a place to get things. To draw from. Anyone can draw from that source. Anyone. There's a fountain open in the house of David. There is, a he, there is healing to anyone who has faith. There is salvation for whosoever will. John 3, 16. God so loved the world. That everybody. Anyone can draw from that source. But only those that are a part of him can not only draw from that source, but are of that source. You not only draw from it, you are of it. You fulfill both. It's not only where you get things from, it's where you're from. Follow me here. And we're drawn to that life because it is in that life that we find our identity. That's why we're drawn to it. It's in him that we find our source, our beginning, where we came from. What attracts us to this message? What draws you to it and yet others look at it and it's nonsense? Others look at it and they reject it. Or they see maybe it's true but they just can't accept it. 
And yet for you, it's mama, that's me. What is it? It's because it's just not we draw from. It's who we are. It's literally who we are. The word is our source. Where did this message come from? Thoughts of God. Where did you come from? Thoughts of God. You come from the exact same source, and that's why you identify with it. I find my strength in the word because the word, don't let it choke you. The word is who I am. You identify with it because this is you. This is who you are. I find my strength there because it identifies me. And look, I'm going to jump right in this now. Let's compare the accusations that the devil brings against you with this truth. Let's let's take even the thoughts that you've thought of yourself in the last couple weeks and compare them to the truth and bring our mind back subject to the word of God this morning. If I am she, how many believe you're part of the bride? Okay, so you can say this yourself. I'm just going to say it for me. You relate it to you. If I am she... And she is him. Guys, this ain't even algebra one. This is pre-algebra. This is basic. If I am she and she is him, meaning Jesus Christ, the groom, then I am ever bit as eternal as he is. I'm ever bit as eternal. Ever bit. I'm part of the original. I'm spoken word. I'm the thoughts of God. I am of God made from the material of deity. I am made from the material of deity, from the same source, the same cloth that he was cut from. I am of the same source. Listen, your source in the spiritual is just like your source in the natural. In other words, it determines your DNA. It determines who you are. No wonder we we, we look and we recognize ourselves in the book of Acts. It's kind of like seeing your brother walking through a store and you're like, that's my brother. We look the same. We talk the same. We do things the same. That's my cousin. I recognize there's attributes. There's things you see in them that wouldn't be in another family. That's why we look in the book of Acts and we recognize ourselves. No wonder we act the exact same way they did in the upper room. No wonder we carry out the works of John 14, 12. No wonder Malachi 4 called your name. We come from the same source that all that came from. We came from the exact same place. We are eternal. And that's why we were seen shouting before the foundation of the world. You are an eternal being. Oh, come on. We're going to get this down in there. You are eternal and you can never be destroyed. You can study it out for yourself. You get into the future, future home. Brother Branham deals with how the, the, the earth itself will actually never be destroyed. He says it's going to change. Satan thought he was going to destroy the earth. He thought he was going to wipe it all. He hates it because it's a creation of God. It's, it's part of God and God shed his blood to redeem it. It fell upon the earth. This earth is redeemed or will be. And he thought he was going to destroy it. But God sent baptism. Then he sent his blood. 
And all Satan's going to do when the, when the missiles start firing is going to bring a burn off that's going to burn off every sin, every germ, every disease. It's going to burn off everything. Listen, it's the same thing. Devil thought he was going to destroy you because you're a part of God. The blood was shed for you. And God said, nope, same process. He's going to repent. He's going to be baptized. He's going to be justified, sanctified. And I'm going to send the fire of the Holy Ghost. He ain't going to destroy you. Ain't nothing happening to you, but you're just changing places. You're changing in morphine from one to another. The world can't be de- destroyed. You can't be destroyed. Why? They're from the same eternal source. They come from Almighty God. You are a seed gene of God, and you were already seen shouting in glory. Hallelujah. You can never be destroyed. How about you put that in the devil's face one time? We're going to read some quotes, but just in case you're confused by it, we're going to let the prophet tell you. In very plain language, the true bride of Christ was in the mind of God eternally. Though not expressed until each came forth in the designated decreed season. This is our designated decreed season. As each member came forth, it became expressed and took its place in the body. Thus, this bride is the literal spoken word seed bride. And though she is feminine in designation, she is also called the body of Christ. It is very apparent that she ought to be called that for she was predestinated in him. Came from the same source. Was eternal with him and is now manifesting God in a many membered body. Whereas once God was manifested in one member, even our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, as the eternal Logos God was manifest in the Son. When he says as, what we're getting at is this is going to be a comparison. As the eternal Logos was manifest in the Son and in Jesus dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that eternal one was the Father manifest in the flesh. Thereby gained the title of Son. He was the Father manifested in the flesh. That's why they called him Son. Now it's getting to something. Why do we call ourselves sons of God? Why was he called a son of God? Same reason. Even so we, eternal in his thoughts, in our turn became the many-membered spoken word seed, manifest in the flesh. And those eternal thoughts now manifest in the flesh are the sons of God, even as we are so called. That's why you're homesick for it. You ever thought about that mystery? How can I be homesick for a place I've never been? Ah, you have been. I'm homesick for it because it's where I'm from. It's homesick for it because this is just a little microcosmic speck of my lifespan. And I spent more time there in the Eternals than I've spent here. And I'm going to spend more time there. I'm homesick for it. I've been catching little glimpses. I've been seeing little flashes. And it's not a fairy tale. It's not something made up. I was in the mind of God. I came from God. I'm going back to God. That is my home. Others are content here. Others are happy here. Others aren't looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Because they've never been there before. But little bride, you've been there. You've been there. And you're going back again it's an eternal home it's an eternal place for an eternal people for a people who cannot be destroyed hallelujah an eternal source it's where you're from church there is a land beyond the river and i feel like each and every day i can almost see it it's getting a little closer Closer and closer and it calls me and it beckons me. 
It's in my blood. It's in my DNA. Maybe others can be comfortable here. I cannot be. He says an only way you can be a son of God or a daughter of God is you had to be a part of God. And God, listen to this, for those of you who deal with inferiority complexes or I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm nothing, God isn't complete without you. Sometimes we try to lift people up and go, man, we need you. This church needs you. We're not complete without you. That's true. But this is next level. Well, your family needs you. Yeah, your church needs you. Yeah. God needs you. Oh, I need God. Yep. And he needs you. Prophet of God says he is not complete without you. Has to be. He's just in case anybody was wondering, well, that can't be true. <laughs> Has to be. That's right. Because there is one, only one resource of eternal life, and that is God. And him alone has eternal life, see. So in order for you to have it, same source. Now, and you were a part of him in so much that you were an attribute. You're an attribute or in his thinking in the beginning. And that because he thought of you in the beginning, it gives that little tug towards him. Oh, I feel the pull. I'm telling you, I'm feeling that tug this morning more than ever before. What is it drawing me? What is it? I I can't get away from it. There's days I want to quit, but I I can't get away. There's something drawing. Because you were in him. And that's that little tug that you feel Coming back towards him. He says, and there's only one form of eternal life, and that's God's life. Only one form of eternal life, that was God. There, to be a son of God, you had to be in him always. The gene of your life, spiritual life tonight, was in God, the Father, before there was even a molecule, see? And you are nothing but the manifestation of the gene of life that was in God as a son of God. Now you are expressed. After his word has come into you, you come into you. Now listen, why? Why this age? Why are you here? Listen, we're not just here floating. We're not just here doing nothing. He says, the, after his word has come in you to light up this age. To tell the world, come and drink. To tell the world there is a source of life. To tell the world there to light up the age. You are expressing You are the expressing God's life in you because you are son or daughter of God. Therefore, you get what I mean? See, see, you are you are now made. Listen, here we go. You are now made. You're sitting in this church tonight because your duty is to express God to this nation and this people and this neighborhood where you associate. Wherever you are, God knew what you would be here because you have to be one of his genes or his attributes. You had to be. If you ever, if you ever got eternal life, then it always was eternal life. What you afraid of? What we afraid of today? Where is that devil at today? Where's him? I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're never going to make it. I can't help but make it. I'm part of God. I can no more not go to heaven than God's not in heaven. I can no more fail than God can fail. I can no, listen, he said this bride is predestinated not to fall. Not to fall. Devil, get out of my way. There's nothing you can do about it. It's predestinated. It's the word. I'm the word. 
I'm a seed gene of God. If the word can't fail, I can't fail. You can't fail. You are the word made manifest. Hallelujah. What an age we're living in. What an age we're living in. What a message we've received when the mysteries of God has been finished. We're going to start bringing this down. We're going to stay on this thought, though. The mysteries of God has been finished, and now we can see clearly. We can see the whole thing from a higher plane through the eyes of a prophet, through the eyes of an eagle. There was a door open in heaven, come up higher. I understand we're talking about rapture, but it allowed us to come up higher and see the whole picture, a view from above. And when we got up there, we see the whole thing. Well, Brother Aaron, what is the whole picture? The whole picture is that I came from God. Therefore, my source is eternal, and I go back to God. So what the devil does here is a very little consequence. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around that because many times what the devil does here hurts and what the devil does here is awful. But it's a very little consequence. He comes, he says, well, I got you here and I made you stumble there and I made your life miserable here. Listen, let me stop for a minute and remind Satan that he is a created being and he is not eternal. And therefore, since he is a created being, he will not last forever. His trials are not eternal and they will not last forever. My failures are not eternal. Listen, in case you hadn't noticed, I didn't stay down. Tell him that next time he comes. In case you hadn't noticed, I didn't stay down. Oh, you know, oh, I knocked you down. I knocked. Let me tell you a story. This just comes to my head. There was a guy one time in Philadelphia. I can't, his name doesn't come to me. But he actually, I don't know if it was a contest or somehow or another. He wasn't even a real professional fighter. But he ended up getting the opportunity. He was a bouncer. He ended up getting the opportunity to fight Muhammad Ali. You can look it up, Google it, whatever. He ends up getting to fight the guy, even if he was a, a real boxer. He was an amateur. I think his name was Chuck. Anyway, he gets in the room with Muhammad Ali. They make a big deal about it. You know, it's not, I mean, and somewhere like in the first round, Chuck knocks Muhammad Ali down. I'm talking about flattens him. Catches him with a lucky punch. Dude is out or looks out. And he runs over there, and he's celebrating, man. He's in the corner of the ring, pumping. His, he's doing all this. And he notices his manager ain't real happy. He notices his manager is looking over his shoulder. He says, what is it? What's wrong? He said, he got up, and he ain't happy. <laughs> I like to tell the devil while you're celebrating, I got up. I got up. And you done laid your hands on Miss Jesus Christ. And he ain't happy this morning. But he's coming for you. We got up. We got up. And you may have beat us and hit us and attacked us and knocked us down. But we can't stay down. Because just like he did on Easter Sunday, he got up. And we got up again. And we're coming for another round. We got up this morning. Hallelujah. Get up from where you're at. Get up from where you're at. Keep pressing the battle. Keep fighting. I'd like to remind him we didn't stay down. Hallelujah. 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 These trials are not eternal. I can't stay down. You may knock me down. You may cause me many battles. 
but you cannot ruin my life because my life began before you and my life will roll on after you. The devil comes tells you, I've ruined your life. Listen, he has zeroed in on a microcosmic particle of my existence and caused some trials on this microcosmic particle of my existence. And he wants to say he's ruined my life. Can you imagine me walking into the lobby of the wealthiest, most richest, most powerful bank in the world and picking up a penny and running around up and down the streets going, I robbed them. I robbed them. I took everything they had. I robbed them. He's touching nothing. I am eternal. The whole picture is I am eternal. No matter what. Get that in your head today. No matter what. Church troubles come, I am eternal. Family troubles come, I am eternal. I get eat up with cancer or some disease and die, I am eternal. I am eternal no matter what. This world will end, all its sin will end. Anything that's not of that original source will end. Anything from hell or anything perverted by hell will end. That's why governments will end. That's why all systems of man will end. That's why religious systems will end. Sickness will end. Heartache will end. Fear will end. But you will never end. You will never end. And since you are the word born bride, you never had a beginning. And therefore, you never have an ending. Listen, you don't have to fear nothing this morning. Let that destroy that fear. Let it calm your nerves. Let the peace of God that passes all understanding settle down on the inside of your heart this morning. I will never have an end. I cannot be destroyed. I'm going to make it. I've already been seen there. The Bible says you are of God, little children. That means that's your source. He says, you were here because your names were written, placed on the Lamb's book of life before there was even a foundation of the world. That's exactly right. You're a gene, a spiritual gene out of your heavenly father, a part of God's word. That be so, as I've said, then you was with Jesus when he was here because he was the word. You suffered with him. You died with him, buried with him, rose with him, and now set in heavenly Places with him. I read that and I thought, do you know how many times I've whipped the devil? If I've been in him all this time, every time he's whipped the devil, I can claim that victory. You know how many times you've put a whooping on him? He don't want to talk about that. He don't want to bring that up. He just wants to bring up that one round where he knocked you down. But you know how many times you've whooped him? And that's all that this is going to be from now to the rapture time is another whooping after another whooping after another whooping. Listen, I've said it before. Quit getting discouraged because you get hit. You're in a fight. That's kind of part of it. They don't score round just because you got hit. They score the round when the round is over. And it's who licked who the most. Just keep whooping him. You've been whooping him for thousands of years now. And you didn't even know it. You're going to whoop him up until the day that we leave here. Up until the day this church raptures, you are going to... And I'll tell you what, let me t- hit this while we're sitting there. 
because a lot of times people deal with this in their mind, especially as they get older, and, and it's all of our desires to go in a rapture. All of us. It doesn't make you any less bride if you go by the way of the grave. It doesn't make you any less bride or any less spiritual or, or, or any, anything like that. Listen, death at this point is completely conquered, and it's nothing more than an errand boy that God sends to bring you in, in, into that other dimension. It brings you across beyond the curtain of time, as it were. And, and, and while we're there, if we're going to talk about that, since we're talking about being bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, if you do go down in the grave, I'd like to remind you this morning and the devil that the DNA of resurrection runs through your blood. And if you were with him and died with him and resurrected once before, you already done it once. You're just going to do it again. There ain't no grave can hold down a blood vault, blood washed son and daughter of the living God. The DNA of resurrection runs through this body. You can put me in a grave one day. I'd like to let you know I'm coming up. All those that we planted, they're coming up. There is a DNA that runs through their body. It's the DNA of resurrection. And they know the way because they've done it once when they were in Jesus. Hallelujah. You cannot lose. You cannot be destroyed. You cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. You are the word born bride of the word groom. You can no more stay in a grave than Jesus could stay in a grave. And God knows just exactly where you belong and what age you belong in. And therefore, if you've got eternal life, the word eternal is something never did begin or never can end. So whoever you were, see, you were, you always were. You were God's attributes being displayed in the beginning, displayed a word. In the beginning was the word. And the word is a thought made manifest. You think it, then speak it. I would never question a prophet, but there are times I wonder if I thought about it before I spoke it. And there's times when I read these quotes and I go, I do need to think more before I speak. Very true. But you're supposed to think it, then speak it. Like I'd say the light, I had to think light before I said light. Microphone. Have to say, think microphone to say microphone. And we are God's attributes displayed. In other words, what he's getting at is, before you ever came here, God already thought of you. And God's thoughts are eternal. God's thoughts are eternal. Amen. He says, therefore, we must be that word bride. Take this for yourself. Don't just let this be me reading some quotes. Therefore, we must be that word bride. And what is that word bride? The manifestation of this hour, the bride, not a creed or a denomination, but a living oracle of God, a living attribute of God displaying to the world the attributes of God in the formation of the bride that's to be expressed in this hour that we're now living. Listen, some people think it's all about emotional stuff when we talk about all the works we're supposed to do and all this and how he's supposed to be. It's not that at all. It comes back to this right here. We are supposed to be displaying to the world the attributes of God. One of his attributes is healing. One of his attributes is deliverance. Those things have to be here or else we are not manifesting or displaying the attributes of God. That's why those things have to be present. That's why a spirit has to be moving to quicken the life within us that we can manifest these attributes. How can we not manifest Jesus? How can we not do his works when we are the very manifestation of him? That's why Brother Branham would say if it does anything other than the groom then it's not the bride. Or, yeah, it's not the bride. 
for they are one. So anything that, that, that's operating separately from him is a different entity altogether. Days of miracles this past, not the bride. God don't do those things anymore, not the bride. He don't fill people with the Holy Ghost no more, not the bride. There's no more mercy, not the bride. Spirit and the bride say, come. So if you're operating separately from how the groom operated, you're not the bride. Because the bride's going to say what the Spirit said. She, she, let's bring that down. You will manifest Jesus just as perfectly as he manifested the Father. You will manifest Jesus just as perfectly as he manifested the Father. Because this gene and 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 this attribute and this gene came forth. And all those genes and attributes all around the world that have come forth make up the body of Jesus Christ. It is the fullness, the expression. That's why you can't quit. We've come right down to it. What's the whole picture? What is the whole picture? You came from God. You're going back to God. That's why you can't quit. Because you are of God. You are energized by an eternal source. No matter how hard it gets. Come on, let's be honest. You've been there. Some of us have left. Some of us have gone away. But you couldn't stay away. You had to come back. You couldn't quit because you're of God. And here we are. We're at, we're, at, we're at the closing. I am closing. But we understand that sometimes life's hard. And life starts to beat you down. And yet something in you just keeps going. Something in you, it beats on you and beats on you. And life's beating you and seemingly it's beating you down to death. And there's trials on every hand. And, and sometimes within your flesh, we wonder and we worry. If we're honest, sometimes within our flesh, there's thoughts of quitting. Not because he's not good enough or this word isn't true, but within yourself, you don't think you're good enough. You don't think you can make it. You don't think you can push through. We want the suffering to end. That's all I'm saying. We want the trials to end. We want the pain to end. You don't think Jesus wanted it all to be over? Think about it just for a minute. You don't think there was a temptation to call all those angels to pull him off the cross? You don't think that he was at least tempted? It could all be over right now. It could all be over right now. In the midst of it, you know he's warring in his mind. His father, why has thou forsaken me? What's forsaken mean? Abandoned me. Deserted me. How do you feel when you feel abandoned and deserted? Because we've all been there. Whether it's true or not, we've all felt like people have turned our backs on us. We felt like we're fighting alone. We felt like it's just me. It's just me and my family. Nobody cares. Nobody understands. When he was beat nearly to death, ribs showing, flesh missing, you don't think that it crossed his mind that this could all end? But why didn't he stop it? Why didn't he stop it? When it hurt so bad, when his friends abandoned him, they denied knowing him, they hid while he was tried, they hid while he was being beat, they hid even while he was being crucified. Why didn't he quit? 
Because the very word that he manifested was the source of energy that drove him to its fulfillment. The very word that he was manifested became the energy that drove him to its fulfillment. The word drove him. Keep going. The word, there's a word that's got to be fulfilled. you got to keep going. And he was that word, and that word was in him, and it was his source of strength, and he was the source of the word that was now his strength. And he couldn't stop. And he had to keep going. He was the power of the word, and the power of the word was in him. And the power of the word and the strength of the word which he embodied now drove him. And inside of him, there was a hidden mystery. Oh, come on now. We're coming down to your part. Why can't you quit? Inside of him, there was a hidden mystery. Parts of himself that wouldn't be expressed until the end time. And they were on the inside of him. And when he thought about quitting, they were there. And when he wanted to quit, they were still there. And they were word that had to be expressed, but couldn't become expressed unless he was put to sleep in the exact same way Adam was put to sleep. So what was on the inside of Adam could then be withdrawn out and become expressed. Adam had to go to sleep and Jesus knew, I got to keep going. I got to press going. And those parts on the inside of him were also word. And because of them, he could not stop. Why can't I stop? Why can't I stop? Because now you can't stop. Because those parts that were once hidden in him are manifested now. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep fighting. And now he, whoo, it's turned now. We were hidden in him and he had to keep going so that you could become manifested in this day. And now he is hidden on the inside of you. And we've got to keep going so that he can be manifested in this day. The word drives us. We are the word. The power of the word within us says we must manifest Christ. He couldn't stop so that you could be manifested. And now we can't stop because he hidden in us must be manifested in this day. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning, little bride? What is your source? Where are you from? You came from God. You're going back to God. Oh, hallelujah. You are eternal, little bride. You can't quit. You can't stop. Take another step this morning. Take another step this morning. Face the enemy this morning. He deemed every strike worth it. He deemed every step, every thorn, every nail, every moment he spent in hell worth it. And today as we struggle to manifest him, I say it's worth it. Every trial is worth it. Every battle's worth it. Every part of this little part in the middle, whatever I have to go through is worth it. Because I'm going back where I came from. I'm going back where my source is. Hallelujah. Why does the word draw you this morning? Why does it sustain us? Because it is where we find what we need. Because it is who we are. Finally, first of all, we know most assuredly that the purpose of God stands in election. It was purposed in himself. It was God's purpose to bring forth a people like unto himself that would be a word bride. She was chosen before the foundation of the world in him. She was foreknown and beloved before she was ever brought forth during the ages upon the earth. She was redeemed by his blood and can never, this is you, can never come into condemnation. She can never be in the judgment because sin cannot be imputed unto her. Because you're a word. You're the word bride. What happens 
when the word manifested in the groom stood before Pilate, could they impute sin to him? Find no fault. Find no fault. And he says today, I find no fault. It's all in the blood of Jesus. Matter of fact, when he looks, he says, Daddy, that's me. That's me. There they are fighting like I fought. Expressing what I expressed. Overcoming how I overcame. That's me on the earth. A word born. Broad body. Who came from me. And glory to God is coming back to me. And what happens here in the middle is inconsequential. The only thing that mattered here is that he came and paid the price. And gave us a token that allowed us to come back to him. God bless you this morning, saints.
sand is on the shore. He sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the sea. He's in control of everything. Of all creatures great and small. He knows my name. Every step that I Jesus.